myself a Lincoln Got me plotting, got me plotting, got me thinking, got me thinking How can I come up and get myself a Lincoln out of Hey, this is Tony Boss Bowling coming to you from the Lincoln Attic Podcast. Hey, hey, it's Jason ODB, also known as the Lincoln Attic. Thanks for coming back and checking us out for another episode. This is episode 21 that's dropping on January 21st of 2022. All of these stars seem to be aligning and can't thank everyone enough for coming back. A lot of the good feedback that I get, uh, please, if you're on an iPhone or maybe an iPad device, or you're listening on your Mac through the Apple Podcasts app, uh, please uh, tap on Library and select Lincoln Addict. Scroll down to the bottom and tap the five stars. You can go a step beyond if you'd like, and you can write a review, even if it's short and sweet. Hey, love the episodes, love what you're doing. That really helps out, so please consider uh, doing that if you don't mind. So, um, this episode, uh, I wanted to kind of let everyone know I'm sticking by my guns the best I can. This is 2022, and this is the second episode. I'm excited uh, to also mention that I have been uh, putting out some new YouTube content, and that's going to continue throughout the rest of the year. So I've got a lot of great ideas. I've got some stuff I've already posted, some that's already in the works. So make sure you go out and follow Lincoln Addict on YouTube as well. So a quick overview of this episode, uh, I want to thank our two title sponsors, which includes Devious Customs. Uh, many of you are you know, looking to buy a Lincoln or you own one and you're looking for parts. Uh, I can tell you Devious Customs is one of the best uh, companies out there to offer parts for these cars. When you go out there, the website's very easy to use. If you go to um, kits and parts, you can go to uh, shop Lincolns, and you'll see all the stuff they offer. Uh, Jeff has rolled out everything from, you know, subwoofer enclosures to LS mounts. Um, also, kind of even for the purists, you know, if you want to upgrade to kind of a newer style window switch without having the old ones rebuilt, you can go right out to deviouscustoms.com. He's got different stuff, speaker pods, and he continues uh, to expand uh, into different years, including 6869. Also, Dakota Digital Gauges out there, and of course, his world-famous suspension kits if you want to uh, put your car in airbags. So, deviouscustoms.com. Thanks to Jeff. He's on Facebook. He's on Instagram. Also, huge shout-out to Colorado Custom Wheels. Uh, If you don't know, now you know. Colorado Custom Wheels, they produce and manufacture the billet-style replica Lincoln wheel that looks just like the hubcap. They'll make it in a 17, an 18, a 20. 22, you name it, uh, CC Cycle Wheels. Um, actually, uh, Colorado, um, I actually always go, CC Cycle Wheels is one of theirs, but you can go to uh, coloradocustom.com. They're on Facebook as well. They're on Instagram. Let them know that Lincoln Attic sent you. Michael and team will give you the best customer service in the industry, and they will take care of their clients. He's done plenty of Lincoln Wheels, so tip of the cap to those folks. But on this episode, I'm super excited to announce that we're going to have Nick Griot on from Griot's Garage. Uh, If you don't know the name, you must be sleeping under a rug because Griot Garage is something that you would see at your local uh, potential, you know, parts store and things like that in the detail uh, section for uh, detailing supplies. So 
uh, Grio's Garage as soon as we get going. I'm sure you'll be like, oh, yeah, I've seen that logo. Maybe you've used the products. Hopefully, if you haven't, you'll get a chance to learn about those. And then, of course, Nick has one of the coolest resto mod style Lincolns really anywhere that I've seen. So I'm excited to talk about that with him. He's a great guest. Stick with us. We'll get to that audio just in a few minutes. Now, the previous episode recap, just quick here, we did have Mark on. So if you're new to the podcast, maybe you landed here because of Nick or you've seen Nick share this. Thank you so much. I've dedicated a lot of my time to our lifestyle podcast, which we call OLP for short. And we've been doing that one six and a half years. Now we do a weekly episode every single week. It's been three plus years. So a lot of focus is over there. And I say that, uh, make sure you search OLP via your favorite podcast app and you'll see that podcast. And we talk about mini trucks and old school BMX and all kinds of cool stuff. But on this one, uh, we're uh, up to episode 21, right? And we're going to expand that hopefully uh, nicely in 2022. But the last episode, episode 20, Mark was on. And we got a chance to talk a lot about his barn find, which was a true barn find. And the fact that he recently got the car back from Lincoln Land. The great uh, fine folks over there at Lincoln Land Inc. here in Clearwater. Uh, tip of the cap to Chris Dunn, Teresa, all of the great folks, George and and all of those guys over there uh, for what they do and the ladies and, and, and just everyone in the organization. Uh, if you need parts, you can always search uh, on Google Lincoln Land, and uh, that will pull right up there. Um, I always type in Lincoln Land Inc., and that will get you over to their website, which is lincolnlandinc.com. They specialize in classic Lincolns of all genres since 1978. But uh, again, Mark had his car there. He's a great guy. And the quick update was, although he had gotten the car back, he did still have a hiccup with the transmission, although they kind of thought that they worked out those gremlins. However, he does have a plan B, and he's working through that, and he is looking forward to getting back and driving the car. The thing that I would tell you is Lincoln Life is not always easy, right? So just know for all the times you see people cruising and having a good time and enjoying it and everything working fine, there are times when you're going to run into hiccups. And if you're doing anything where you've taken the car apart and, you know, it's not original anymore, uh, Chris Dunn at Lincoln Land has told me this many times, you know, if your transmission's not broke, don't necessarily go and rebuild it, right? I did in my car. Um, the issue that I had that I've talked about was not really related to the rebuild. It was more the install. But, you know, you start taking things apart and it doesn't always go back the way it originally was. And not saying that you that you can't make it happen. You, you definitely can. But, you know, just know that things aren't always silky smooth with these Lincoln Continentals. So, with that being said, Mark's back on the rise, as we always say, and we're looking forward to him cruising his amazing car very, very soon. So more updates to come. If you haven't, go back and check out the previous episode, episode 20 with Mark Evans. Now, so this episode I talked about Nick will be on, so I'm excited. A couple more minutes away, and then we'll air that audio. Uh, Leak and Life update. So uh, this is brought to you by Steel Rubber. Uh, we had Steel Rubber on before, and what you want to know is if you've got one of these cars or you're looking at purchasing them, go to steelrubber.com, S-T-E-E-L-E, rubber.com. They have products from everything from RVs to old school cars, campers, marine, you name it. But 
one of the cool things is when you go out to their website, you can go to product lines and you can go to uh, street rods and you can kind of drill down to the type of car that you have, right? So there's a lot of different sections out here, but if you go to catalogs, you can even request uh, a catalog. They have on-demand catalogs as well. But the, the great thing about it is steel, they make the best products in the industry. And what's important there is these cars are continuing to go up in value, these 60 Lincolns. And what's important is that you protect them from the elements, including that moisture and the water. So, you know, whether it's maybe, a, uh, you know, wind noise that, that's driving you crazy, or maybe it's just stuff that when you open your deck lid or, your, you know, your trunk and you see how weathered those, you know, different uh, weather, different seals are, make sure you hit up steel rubber, whether you look up the parts online, you give them a call, whatever, they'll take care of you the best in the business. That's steelrubber.com. So really the only Lincoln Life update that I have is I did drive my 64 Lincoln Continental on New Year's Day. We went to a cruise. I did a video and that video is on YouTube. So I'll talk a little bit about it. Of course, that day, I did have a hiccup when I got home, and it was of my doing, and I'm trying to do a better job of talking about not only the good, but sometimes the bad, and this one was a total mistake by myself, or by me, and what I mean by that is I have done, you know, obviously with the motor rebuilt and all this stuff redone in the engine bay, I upgraded to a, a one-wire alternator. It's an easy upgrade. There is a couple of write-ups in the Lincoln Forum. Uh, Pat helped me kind of some of the questions I had. You kind of get rid of that voltage regulator. And I have a 240-amp alternator, which is huge. I think they originally came with like 45 to 65, something right around there. But when we upgraded it, I had my buddy Paul, one of my best friends, and he always helps me. We took a real nice, real uh, good quality, heavy-gauge I don't know, like a zero to one gauge wire. And what he did was he helped me solder on the ends. I suck at soldering. I don't know why I can't, you know, figure this thing out. I don't let it get it hot enough. And oh, there's, so there's this one big cable that comes from the alternator that goes right to the battery. I always, uh, at least in this car, I've always ran a red top Optima battery. And that big heavy gauge, heavy gauge wire will go right to the side post of the battery. So I utilize the top and the side posts. And what I realized was when I got home, I backed the car up, didn't leave it running, even though my steering column has been rebuilt. I did not leave the car running. I always turn it off, open the garage door. Uh, it's kind of a roll-up door. Got back in the car, and it was totally dead. Okay, On the way home, I could feel a little bit of just sputtering. I was like, something's not right. And what it turns out, me, I made the mistake of when I would hook the one other wire that I have that goes to the real nice side post, I got the Stinger uh, nice terminals. I forgot the last, I think, two times I drove the car to hook that nice big wire that Paul helped me with. Of course, that wasn't hooked up from the alternator. So guess what? The 240-amp alternator was not charging anything because it wasn't hooked up to the battery. So luckily, the red top took care of me all day. That thing was at 100% when I left. I basically drove and cruised 
uh, over to a gas station, met up with some homies. Then we cruised to St. Pete, hung out there, started the car, drove to Bill's house. So tip of the cap to Bill, the big homie that lives here now with the 68. Hung out there, cranked the car with no issue, took a quick photo over at the Lincoln Center with Tony Boss Bolin, cruised home, backed up to the shop, turned the car off, opened the door, boom, the car wouldn't start. Of course, uh, one thing I highly recommend, if you ever do go with an Optima battery, buy the Optima battery charger. There's a lot of discussion over the years of, can you use a regular battery charger? Some say you can, some say, no, you can't, it's going to mess up your battery. Uh, Years ago, I went on Amazon and I basically uh, purchased one of the specifically made Optima battery chargers, and uh, that has been a lifesaver. There's a couple of other companies that make them. There's one called like Naco, and I have not used those. Now they have them for like thirty to fifty bucks, which I'm thinking about trying them because they got seven thousand and twenty five thousand reviews, and they're almost a five star. The one I have, of course, I paid more money for it. It's the Optima Digital Four Hundred, and it has twenty seven hundred reviews, and it's a hundred and twenty dollars. So. Um, again, I haven't ventured off much from that Optima brand, but I got an open box one and my box was like, it it had like a little ding in it, no issue with the charger. And it was like 80 bucks, I think back in the day. So, um, that's one thing I would recommend if you decide to go with an Optima battery, but long story short, my Lincoln life update was something simple. And, uh, as soon as I opened the hood and I was looking around, I was like, wait a minute, where's this nice big wire going and of course it was dangling right underneath the battery tray and I'm like man what am I doing here so again we all make mistakes I make them more than most and uh, that's the story and I'm sticking to it but again I want to thank Steel Rubber go to Steel Rubber S-T-E-E-L-E rubber.com look those fine folks up they're great people all right so uh, Lincoln Sales, right? This one's a quick one. I do want to give a huge shout out to uh, someone that has been a longtime follower of ours. This guy, Joe, he's got amazing skills. I got not many skills. And Joe is Weld County Customs, and that's customs with a K, and it ends with a Z on Instagram, okay? Weld County, just how it sounds, customs with a K and with a Z. The a car that they built that Joe built is going up for sale. And I would, you know, basically say this is potentially the baddest Lincoln ever built. Okay. I say that because the amount of work and craftsmanship that went into this 62 Lincoln continental convertible coyote swap, full interior, full underneath undercarriage. I have seen a lot of Lincolns. I've seen a lot of photos I don't think I've ever seen one this nice. I really don't. Uh, The level of detail is amazing. You can actually go on YouTube and check out Barrett Jackson's uh, official YouTube page or YouTube channel, and they did a video on it. So check it out. The interior is stunning. It does have the coded digital gauges, but you can imagine going with a modern fuel-injected engine. That's just the way to go. The interior, the way the bucket seats are, uh, it's just... It's unbelievable. The undercarriage of the car, I just have not seen one ever, 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 ever this nice. So tip of the cap, it's going across, I believe, on January 29th, and I'm, or, yeah, January 29th, 
It's going across the auction block. I'm going to be excited to see. Uh, two years ago, a Lincoln, a black 65 convertible sold for 330000 Okay, and to me, I would put money and say this car is way nicer. Now, granted, the black one was a restoration. It wasn't a resto mod. So you're going to have potentially people there that want, you know, showroom or better show quality type condition. This one obviously is a step above, in my opinion, because I love resto mods. It's got probably more money in it. Now, that one they claimed they had receipts for 237000 for that resto. And again, it sold for three hundred and thirty. And I forget; I don't think that includes the uh, the fees. So it might have even been a higher. Or I don't know how Barrett Jackson does on their website. You can log in the app, and it will show you the price. It says three hundred and thirty, but that might be with the fees. Maybe it sold for three hundred, and then with the fees, it's three thirty. But regardless, three hundred thirty thousand is a lot. Uh, this one, I hope, goes for more. I mean, I, I wish Joe and team all of the luck. It's an amazing car, but check out Weld County Customs if you just want to uh, get a sneak peek of what it looks like. Amazing the amount of work that he does, so I'm excited to see. That one, of course, isn't one that we're involved in, but um, I'm just excited for the homie. So, uh, you know, go out there and get him and uh, kill it, man. I- I'm excited. All right, this week I'm not going to cover anything, and I didn't last week or last episode either. I didn't really cover any Lincolns in the movies, TV shows, and music videos, but I will continue that going forward. Um, the only update that I have for Project Smuggler's Blues, my 64 that I drew that I drove on New Year's Day. Again, you can go to Lincoln Addict on YouTube and you can check out the video. It is going to Jimmy's Rod and Customs very soon. And what my hope is that I'll have it bagged by Lone Star Throwdown and we can trailer, I can trailer it out there. Now, I've been to Lone Star Throwdown. I've trailered stuff. It's a long drive, but I'm super excited, hopefully, to take my car to Texas. The last piece of the puzzle was I wanted to make the install super clean in the trunk. Universal Air, when I was out at SEMA, they finally are a company that's often a product that I really wanted. And we've seen AccuAir in the past with their XO mount where you kind of go, okay, boom, they got their tank. You've got these three mounts that mount around the tank, one for each compressor, one for kind of that ECU slash VU4, and they have hinted that that they're going to have another replacement product to kind of come out in the market for that, but that hasn't happened yet as far as I know. When I was at SEMA and I had been following Universal Air via Instagram, I saw their new modular tank. Now, we've seen stuff from like Flow come out. Uh, We've seen, of course, the AccuAir Indo CVT that is not going to continue in the marketplace. I've seen Sadistic Ironworks come out with some cool stuff. I've also noticed uh, Square Tank has come out. Uh, I've seen uh, different uh, seamless tanks that I really like. But the Universal Air Tank, to me, was the icing on the cake was it's a modular design. So it kind of has squared off kind of looking ends. You've got these rods, one on each, I don't want to say corner because it is a round tank, but kind of one on each side, so you get the four rods. And their modular system that they built allows you to, to have these nice billet brackets. And uh, I, they might be steel, but um, you know, they're just very cool brackets. I think they color match them. They ask you all that stuff on their website, universalair.com. And you're basically able to mount your compressors 
in my case, the VU4 from AccuAir and the ECU Plus. Of course, if you're running Airlift, you can utilize that as well. Now, if you're looking uh, for any air suspension products, again, Devious Customs, they can take care of you. I know Chris over at CS Metalworks, uh, Chris Burns, one of my good friends, it's CS Metalworks. So, you know, right there, boom, on Instagram. They've done a lot of cool stuff. He's out in California, and I love the work that he puts out. And uh, got a chance to hang out with him at SEMA. He uh, graciously took care of me by ordering the tank and all of that. So, again, if you are in the need, uh, you can also check out CS Metalworks, uh, Devious Customs as well, one of our title sponsors. But I say all that because that was kind of the last piece of the puzzle. Now, I uh, did recently mention that I, I picked up the pressure-based system to tie into my VU4. I'm thinking, hey, it's a little bit um, easier to install. You know, you don't have to run a wire to each corner for the AccuAir kind of E-level setup and, and whatnot. Now, Jimmy at Jimmy's Running Customs, he actually prefers that setup. He prefers the non-pressure base because he said, you know, it's always going to be adjusting you know, put more people in the car, you fill the, the car with fuel, those type of things. So, you know, he's like, hey, just go out and get the levelers, you know, we'll throw them on. We've installed plenty of them. We put them on your 67, you know, you name it. But I don't know if I'm going to do that yet because I kind of feel like the cool thing about the pressure-based system is, you know, it's all confined right there into the trunk. You have those plugs that go into the sensors, rather, that go into the top of the VU4. And I also did a, an unboxing of this stuff, uh, everything but the new tank. That's over on our Lifestyle Podcast YouTube channel. Okay, so OLP's YouTube channel, you can check it out there. And the tank, I'll be doing an unboxing here. Hopefully, that'll air next week. So, But I say all that because what's cool is you can go with the pressure-based system like I plan to do and then come along and say, hey, maybe that's not working out for you, then you can add in the extra piece. That's very similar to what Airlift has been offering in the market, kind of allowing to allowing you to stair-step up, and I think that's fantastic. But I guess I may decide to go get and say, hey, well, if Jimmy's going to have the car, he's going to have it maybe for a week or so. Man, just do it all at once. I don't know if I'm going to bite the bullet yet, but I had it on my 67. I didn't really drive the car much, but uh, really enjoyed it. And we'll have to see. But I'm looking forward to using the new ECU Plus. I'm looking forward to using their app and just having the car bagged with all of the powder-coated Devious Customs parts. I worked back with Jeff a couple years ago. I've got the Colorado Custom Wheels. All that stuff was bought. Literally, I've been patient. I've been waiting about two years. Some people say, hey, man, how can you be so patient? Anybody can airbag these cars. Well, Jimmy at Jimmy's Running Customs, man, he's a cut above in my opinion. He built my truck. I love how he hard lines things where you know where applicable. Uh, steel braided lines, bulkhead fittings, super super clean. So I can't wait to share the updates with Project Smugglers Blues here in just a short, uh, hopefully few weeks. And if all goes well, I'll trailer it out to Texas for Lone Star Throwdown. I am pre-registered. And uh, if you're out there, last was it the last weekend in Conroe, Texas, in February. Come on out, hang out, let's um, let's slap hands. I'll be over in the Our Lifestyle Podcast booth, which is not far from where the main entrance is, so much more coming on that. So with that being said, I'm going to wrap up my audio here so we can roll into Nick's. Thank you for all of the continued support. 
Check us out on YouTube. Leave a rating here on Apple Podcasts if you can. If you're not on an iPhone device, I totally understand. There's not really kind of a rating system to use. I guess if you're in Podbean, you can leave a comment. That would be appreciated. So thank you guys much. It's all the ladies out there that are representing also in the Lincoln community. We certainly appreciate what you guys are doing. So tip of the cap, be safe this weekend. And uh, if you didn't know, now you know, go Packers. I'm a big Packers fan. I was raised a Packers fan. It's a long story. Go Pack Go will hit you hopefully in two more weeks with the new episode. Stay on the rise. And tip of the cap to Tony Boss Bolin, who also has Death Row Lincoln's Instagram account. Check him out. Appreciate y'all. Take care. Peace. Hey, hey, as I mentioned here earlier in the podcast, want to just really thank Nick for sitting down with us here as we get, uh, you know, get a little bit crazy into 2022 with our second episode. And Nick, I just want to say thanks uh, for sitting down and welcome to Lincoln County Podcast. Thanks for having me, Jason. I'm pretty stoked to chat everything Lincoln and everything in between with you. Yeah, no doubt. Man, I think one of the just a good icebreaker question and to get us started is, you know, just a little bit about yourself. Um, I know you through social media. I've got a couple of buddies that have met you over the years, and I know you guys have a great brand. I want to talk Lincoln's as well, but what's a little bit of the backstory about Nick, man? So uh, I am definitely 100 uh, percent sick in the head as it relates to my love for cars, and uh, I am the son of a uh, guy who is the same way. And, um, so I grew up, uh, in and around our business, which is Grio's garage. And we, uh, make car care products and a bunch of tools and accessories to make it easy for people to take care of the cars they love. And, um, you know, I've always been in and around this business, whether it was working in the warehouse as a teenager, um, and then starting my own detailing business and using our products to go mobile and go to, golf clubs and earn money to, uh, buy beer and buy expensive parts for my cars. And, um, really just had a, a great garage to grow up with a great mentor and my dad who always welcomed me and my friends over to do, um, absolutely heinous things to our <laughs> high school cars. And, you know, I went, I went off to school and, uh, came back and my dad said he didn't want me to work for him. So I went and found, uh, another job working in commercial real estate. And that was uh, a very tough business, but a awesome business and um, made some good money. But I really was just always the, the car guy in the offices that I worked in with a bunch of guys that knew nothing about their cars. So I'd be, mm-hmm. you know, in a, a coat and tie on my back looking at somebody's undercarriage and uh, really never escaped my destiny. And after doing that for about six years, I, um, came back in my dad's office and I said, this is what I love. This is what I want to do. So, um, he was kind of pissed off cause he wanted to, uh, retire and go off into the sunset. <laughs> and, uh, we've been working side by side for the past eight years and, uh, he's still in the building doing a lot of work, but I get to uh, work with our excellent team of, uh, managers and employees to bring 
car care products to the people that love cars just as much as we do. So I'm surrounded by them every day. I literally, if I get tired, I go out and sit in a old car or do something to my car on a lunch break. I have, you know, we have the facilities for that. And when I travel, I travel for car shows and, or to go to our manufacturing plant and, you know, I'm around it all the time. So this is my life. And I, I feel very fortunate to uh, not only have the opportunity to grow up in and around a car family like I did, but to, to work for this business. And again, we, we sell fun. I get to a pretty low stress job that uh, as it relates to what we sell and what we do, but doesn't mean there aren't <laughs> tough days. It's just, uh, it's, it's hard to lose focus of, you know, what at the end of the day we're selling car wax and people like waxing their cars and making them look good. So it's a, it's a fun gig. Yeah, no doubt. One of our title sponsors, Jeff at Devious Customs, he always kind of will post a caption for his photo and say, man, you know, the old saying is if you love what you do, you don't really spend a day of your life working, right, so to speak. And it seems like I can kind of see that passion, not only with your posts on social media, but kind of like what you're explaining now. Now, when I go to Griot's Garage.com, one thing I notice is that you guys are up in like Tacoma, Washington. So did you grow up you know, out in the Pacific Northwest, as they call it? Yeah, I uh, I was born in L.A., and, and that's where the company was started, uh, down in Southern California. And as our uh, chemical manufacturing grew, um, California is a hard state to do that in. And uh, we moved up to Washington when I was about five. So I've grown up here my entire life, and uh, I love this area. It uh, can be miserable at times, like right now. Uh, it's quite miserable, just torrential rain and freezing cold, but it's just a beautiful part of the country. And, you know, I had the opportunity to be our uh, our CDL driver and see the entire country over about three years. And there's tons of beautiful parts of, of the country, but I feel uh, very fortunate to have lived up here. Um, there's nothing quite like a July day in washington where it's kind of a crisp morning and then it's like a dry 85 and the sun's out and man the the mountains are out and the salmon's in season it's a <laughs> it's a great place to live it, it's not the perfect place like you can't really own convertibles up here right, but right. um so that like pretty much dictated the type of lincoln i bought but at the same time uh it has a wonderful vibrant car culture uh you know we have a about 275 parking stalls at our mm -hmm. flagship retail store up here in wow. Tacoma. And, you know, we'll fill the parking lot on a cold rainy day in January, just because people know that if they don't get their cars out in the rain, they're never going to get them out. <laughs> so, yeah. And then there's some extremely talented fabricators, you know, Art Morrison, the chassis, those are built right down the street from us. Some wonderful painters and uh, great car collections. So, you know, we're kind of buried up here in uh, southeast Alaska. We don't really get a lot of uh, <laughs> national attention, uh, but yeah. it's it's really a, a awesome place to live. Yeah, so everyone out there, don't forget about Washington. It's not all about California and the West Coast. And I had an opportunity a couple years ago to go out to Oregon. Uh, some of my friends in RA, Relaxed Atmosphere, and I always said if I ever get over to Oregon, I'm going to go to Astoria. Big Goonies fan, of course, 80s. We talk a lot about that over on our Lifestyle podcast, but what was cool is although I made the trek all the way over to the Pacific Coast, uh, it was pretty neat, right? It was a different, I mean, it was late July, early August, but 
I tell you, it gave me kind of goosebumps, right? Thinking back to the 80s and things like in my era when I grew up. But like you said, there's a rich history in kind of that whole region. And, um, you know, I always thought that was pretty cool that, again, you know, like you said, there's sometimes there's folks that forget about it. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Robert Defraying. Now, he lives in Lake Stevens, Washington. And Robert, he um, had acquired a car that I recently purchased that came from Southern California. It was a 65 Lincoln convertible. And, you know, the listeners have kind of heard a little bit about it, but it came from a U.S. Congresswoman and her husband. But he lives up in Lake Stevens and he had it for about five years. It was his third Lincoln. So what was ironic is I've actually connected with a few people like yourself, Nick, in that region since I bought the car. And I said, man, you know, only only in America can you kind of buy a car and then ended up connecting with some people in that same region. Yeah, I mean, that, that is what's amazing about the car culture. You know, not everybody, uh, the 330 million Americans loves cars. Most <laughs> right. people view them as tools. But when you get into, you know, the pain of maintaining a 60s Lincoln, uh, you're going to be friends with another Lincoln owner right off the bat. So, you know, that, that kind of transcends a lot of other you know, differences you have with people. And again, there's, if, if the car crazy people are 10% of the American population, that's plenty of people to be friends with. So, uh, it's, it's an amazing network. Yeah, definitely a hundred percent. And, you know, talking a little bit about Griot's garage, what's cool is I connected with you like as a Lincoln fan before I kind of put two and two together that you kind of come from the cloth, right. Of that entire, uh, business, right? Organization. And I've always seen that logo. What I always thought was cool is my buddy, Joey, um, who we had on our lifestyle podcast last year, they had one crew cut that famous truck. Now that Dave Shulman owns, they won that years ago, his wife did. And, but he's a huge uh, fan of the products that you guys put out. So, you know, I want to talk about Lincoln's, but you know, you alluded a little bit to the products, Nick, and, you know, talk to the listeners a little bit more about, Um, what they can get from your organization? Yeah, I mean, the first thing I think that is different uh, about our company is one, uh, you know, we're still family owned in this environment where all of our competitors are uh, getting bought. And I think it's a wonderful thing to, you know, it's tough working with family, don't get me wrong. Um, But at the same time, it's a wonderful thing to be able to, you know, be, be uh, by my dad's side and, and carry his vision through. And he's really done a lot as it relates to, um, you know, the, the time that the business was being formed, he had opportunities to invest in things that would be really hard to do right now. One of those things is, is manufacturing and, mm-hmm. and research and development. So one thing that's, that's pretty cool is, you know, we have our own manufacturing facility and a uh, full laboratory that's staffed with a handful of chemists and uh, and a handful of quality controllers, uh, let alone our, our whole production team. So we make everything that we uh, sell uh, that's a liquid chemical. And that's pretty unique because that, that really does start from scratch. And we work back and forth between our uh, product team here in Tacoma in our lab in Indy to get something to market. And that mm-hmm. could take, you know, up to uh, 18 months in some cases, just because we're so insistent upon it being perfect and beating the competitive products. Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything we sell that, that isn't a liquid is uh, designed by us to our uh, specifications. So we have the ability just 
you know, 32 years in business to invest in, in unique tools and solutions that uh, we know are superior that come from, um, you know, higher quality providers that we can dictate specifications. So really everything kind of has to pass uh, my dad's sniff test, both mm -hmm. from like the, the smell of a chemical <laughs> and then also the, the quality of something. He's just very, very uh, type A OCD personality. And we've curated a customer that very much uh, wants that. So you're going to get a good product from us. You're going to know that, uh, you know, we put our blood, sweat and tears and a ton of energy into making it do exactly what it says it's going to do. And uh, the other thing being family owned, we are certain of what we sell and we have a lifetime guarantee on everything. You know, we want you as a customer for life. So if we earn your business once, we intend to keep it at whatever cost. So it's really a high level of certainty to say, hey, we're not we're not going anywhere. You know, second generations in the building and we sell something with our name on it. We're proud of it. And if you don't like it, we're going to take care of you. And then the other thing is that we're actual car guys. Mm -hmm. You know, this isn't we're, we're not C-suite dudes and slacks and <laughs> loafers. Uh, you know, we're wearing jeans and T-shirts because we know we're going to work to get dirty. You know, we're going to clean up a car and make sure our stuff works. So it's a pretty, uh, you know, we, we definitely have people within the organization that, that don't love cars, but they, mark, they aren't on the front line as it relates to, you know, connecting with our customers and knowing what car guys want and expect mm -hmm. and the, the challenges of, you know, getting out there with a crappy soap or a wheel cleaner that doesn't clean your wheels or a metal polish that doesn't brighten it up the the way it's supposed to just the we've we've experienced the frustrations and we're trying to engineer them out of existence for everybody who uh buys our products i love so it. we're we're making stuff for ourselves first but that comes from you know the core passion of of automobiles and wrenching on them restoring them racing them driving them cleaning them and overall just you know enjoying uh being around other people that like them the same. Yeah, there's a rich history there, uh, kind of that family name, so to speak. One of the other things I did want to mention that I thought was cool is you guys do a great job on social media, uh, G-R-I-O-T-S, Griot's Garage. Um, back in December, you know, pre-Christmas, uh, you guys like talk about the compact sit-on Creeper 2. I love stuff like this because as a, as a car guy, I always love seeing other, you know, another garage that has like cool stuff or shelving. My my buddy Joey and Heather, they're into this stuff too. But I I think it's awesome because when you think of detailing, especially a lot of us are into lower vehicles. We'll talk about your Lincoln in a little while. But being able to sit comfortably and use a, a buffer or you know elbow grease or whatever you're doing, that is so important, right? To making the experience. I worked you know for a couple decades and in a world where everything we did was around the customer experience, right? That user experience you kind of alluded to. Uh, how important is it, do you think, to have a product like what you guys have with the Creeper where you can have that better experience when you're using your products? Man, again, that's that's one that is born out of necessity. I mean, if we're, <laughs> if we're talking to Lincoln guys, you got 18 feet <laughs> by three feet tall of flat surface. And if you're polishing the bottom half of your doors or fenders, holy crap, you're going to spend a lot of time down there. Yep. And, and then, you know, we've got, we've got the whole age range of customers. We got 
old guys that are grabbing their backs as they're cleaning their wheels thinking, God, I just want to sit down and do this. So <laughs> right. that, that creeper is a legit tool. And, you know, if you've got a, a flat garage, even if you've got like a, a textured garage, you know, we made sure the casters are good enough to roll over, uh, you know, garage seams and uh, like gravel aggregate driveways and uh, sidewalk seams and stuff like that. And that's just born out of what we know mm -hmm. from spending all the time doing these tasks like, hey, uh, this doesn't go low enough for this. And so that that actually that compact sit on creeper what's uh, that's the second generation. And what we did with it is we actually improved it. So. Not only is it kind of a standard seat that's about 16 inches tall, but now you can remove what you sit on uh, and it's got its own set of casters and you can kneel on what we call a mini creeper yeah. and kind of uh, motor around either on your butt or on your knees and get that much lower while not having to put your knees on, you know, like a cardboard box or even onto asphalt or, or your sidewalk or garage floor. So just every every element is considered and if and if we don't do it the first time we're gonna you know make it better the next time so yeah. that kind of speaks to that consistent uh investment in in those type of solutions and, and again we wouldn't we wouldn't know that if we were sitting in an office chair in a towel right, right? like <laughs> right you, you, you just wouldn't know that was important unless you're out there doing it yourself i mean like man i need something for this i need a fix and uh you know that you bring that to market and if it sells you know that everybody else is thinking like you as well and if it doesn't you just go oh all right well they're all wrong so <laughs> i like yeah. the way you think uh you could we follow you something out for yeah no doubt you can follow nick on instagram n-i-k-i grio g-r-i-o-t um you could follow him you could check out some of what we're talking about you're a little bit younger than i am which is a good thing and i've noticed that you guys from grio's garage you truly understand the importance of social media presence as well as YouTube, right? A lot of us go to YouTube to figure out how to fix things around our house, like our washing machine and stuff. But on Grio's Garage via YouTube, guys got about uh, 27,000 followers, but a lot of video content out there, including the Creeper, uh, Mini Creeper uh, videos. How important do you guys think it is to have that social media presence uh, in and have these continued awesome videos that you guys put out, um, you know, week over week? Yeah, I mean, it it speaks to like uh, the generational shift because Grios was uh, started by my dad as a as a catalog company, you know, before the internet. So mm -hmm. a catalog was the best way to reach uh, new people, right? That was like. Uh, we're, we're kind of a dinosaur in that we still send out a catalog. And, you know, when I came back to the company in 2014, Instagram was just getting started. And, um, you know, I was like, hey, you know, we have to put some focus on these spaces. This is what my generation uses to connect and um, and learn. And now all of a sudden, you know, six years later or, or you know, eight years later, we definitely have uh, a healthy following in, in Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And I think, you know, you can get so specific on YouTube. I think it's the second largest search engine behind Google itself. And so people go there to learn things. You know, it could be as specific as, you know, I'm working on uh, my daily drivers, a 1990 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. And I was trying to figure out how to fix my uh, rear window uh, defrost. And sure enough, six minutes later, 
I'm looking on Amazon for a sol- <laughs> for a soldering kit because yes. I'm confident. I just watched this guy do it. Oh, I can do that. Yep, yep. You know, and so that's really the power of YouTube is that, you know, you get this this visual cue, um, this hands on experience while being you know comfortable on your couch and learning something. And you know, some of the some of the channels that do it the best. I mean, they you know, they're consistently getting more viewers than major news networks. Um, Yep. So, and then I think the other thing about, you know, like the Facebook and and Instagram space is, you know, you you only get, you know, as you're scrolling through Instagram, you've got to make an impression. You've got to have some visual impact. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, it's easy for us because we're always surrounded by just heavy hitting stuff, like of every variety. If your car's got paint on it, we're, we like it mm-hmm. and and we can also show us using our products on that so that that comes pretty naturally but then it's also a great way for us to interact with our customers you know if we post an image of a of a product in use you know half the comments are going to be you know how what specific application or i didn't get that result what am i doing wrong so it's almost a double-edged sword. You get that interaction, but you also, everybody has direct access to you. So you'll get like customer service stuff through there. And Mm -hmm. so it's a full-time job, you know, and as, as, as your account gets bigger and your reach gets bigger, uh, that, that becomes a a ton of management. So it does, you know, in the time that I've been here, we've, we've hired more, uh, more staff to manage that. And, you know, they're responsible for not only, uh, curating the pages, but also managing the, you know, answering the questions. So they've got to be product experts and then also uh, directing them to our customer service to resolve any order issues or tracking or uh, process returns. Like it's a, it's a great tool, but it can be overwhelming at times too, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And we know the success of any organization. One of those pillars is obviously your employees and like you gave it up to them earlier you know, there's a lot of hardworking Americans out there, and it's great when they can get behind an organization like you guys because they get the orders out quick and they take care of the the end user. But um, speaking to my homie Joey Romuto, um, really good dude. Again, he's a he's a huge, I'd say, ambassador kind of uh, promoter of the brand. And you know, I was talking with him. I was like, man, what are some questions I could run by Nick? But when you think about uh, the space that we we often hear the c word uh, ceramic, right? And I've seen everything from ceramic coating sprays and different things, applications, and I've seen even um, our friends at Colorado Custom Wheels. They uh, had shared a video that I tagged them in where someone had ceramic coated a billet wheel and someone's pouring water on it. And then you know I've had people go, well, you know you could wax a wheel and pour water on it and we'll do the same thing, right? I think the ceramic coating space is amazing. You know, there's people that have built their whole companies around just that product and, and that application. Um, for someone like myself that doesn't know a lot about it, um, you know, kind of what's the elevator pitch of ceramic coatings and do you guys offer a product um, for the end consumer? Okay. I'm going to try and do this in as quick and as, okay. uh, and as like simple as possible because you can really get off into the weeds. Okay. But ba- basically, ceramic uh, denotes a inclusion of a um, of a high solid uh, ingredient known as silicon dioxide, and that is a derivative of glass. And so, what you're essentially doing um, when you're buying a ceramic product is you're buying an inorganic 
ingredient or a product that includes that inorganic ingredient and delivering it to whatever surface it is intended for, whether that be glass, plastic trim, paint, uh, wheels and chrome, uh, and forming a incredibly strong bond via the, the chemicals and emulsion that you deliver that solid with mm-hmm. that depending on the, the concentrate or percent content of that silicon dioxide is going to uh, definitely outperform uh, a, a, a natural carnauba wax, which is a very traditional product, mm-hmm. or even synthetic polymers, which are uh, very popular as well. Mm-hmm. The, the, the differentiation, uh, when you see the word ceramic, you better hope that that product does include some of that active ingredient, silicon dioxide, because that's what you're seeking. You're seeking uh, that for both its protective qualities, its UV inhibition, um, its uh, hydrophobic qualities, which are what make the water beads look really nice and tight. Mm -hmm. And then also uh, self-cleaning, which uh, is essentially the surface becomes so slick that the water carries itself off your paint, keeps your car cleaner longer, makes it easier to clean the next time you go to wash it. Mm -hmm. So within that, there are true high solids, which means higher percent content uh, SiO2 coatings. And then there are SiO2 infused products. And those are meant to essentially either uh, stand on their own as more durable than traditional carnubas and polymers, or serve as uh, supplements and or maintenance products for that higher solids ceramic coating. Okay. Now, the biggest difference is that the infused products, anybody can use. An end user can use effortless, effortlessly with great results um, and be extremely happy. The higher solids coatings essentially have enough uh, material in them that when applied to your car, they are essentially a sacrificial clear coat of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, so in order to install those higher solids, you really have to have a perfect surface. And that from a paint standpoint is one that's free of all defects, whether those be swirl marks, towel marks, you know, spider webs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it has to be a perfect paint system or perfectly clean wheel or perfect uh, chrome. And uh, they they can be a little finicky because uh, my analogy is if you've ever like hand painted a fence post mm-hmm. with, with a paintbrush that has fibers and you start seeing like the lines of the paint being transferred to that, you know, you want to even out those lines um, so that it looks smooth. Mm-hmm. And that can be the trick of those same uh, high solids coatings. They can be a little finicky. They can create highs and lows. And so, Unless you're really experienced with paint and uh, using machine polishing, those are those are really more oriented towards professional installation. Got it. Um, now, and then someone like ourselves, like myself, I, you know, I just don't maybe have the patience, right? Like the most, I see a lot of Americans. If we're not going to take our car, and I think think you're probably going here, the type of products that you guys would offer, right? You take that high. I'm going to use the word complexity, right? You take that out, you know, you're at home on a Saturday drinking a brew, you wash your car, you want to detail it. You guys got plenty of stuff that'll cover that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. And and really, again, if, if somebody, say somebody were to invest in having a professional install a high solid ceramic coating, 
they'd still need a maintenance regimen, whether they sign up for a detailer to do it and they're going to essentially use the products that we make. Or again, to your point, if you just want better performance, you still enjoy waxing your car, but you want to protect it from the elements a little more. These are great solutions. And as I mentioned earlier, we, we manufacture every chemical that we make. And so we primarily offer SIO2 infused products, which again are, are fantastic mm-hmm. performers on their own. But really the complication is to do the, the higher solid stuff, we need to uh, invest in additional equipment because you can't, uh, you have to essentially segregate that type of production from all the other products that we make that contain different ingredients that don't jive with uh, that type of technology. So we're in pursuit of a high solids coating um, and, and going to manufacture one in the future. But in the interim, we've got this wonderful product line that, again, can serve the person that doesn't want to bother with the, uh, the high solid stuff uh, or be, be used to maintain uh, something that you had a professional installed and you can do it yourself with no problems. Yeah, it makes sense. And, you know, one of my best friends, he's been doing all my audio stuff since I was in middle school. He, you know, we all, we often talked about like, I mean, he's like a true audiophile. Like he understands like the science between, you know, the megahertz and just crazy stuff I don't understand. So I always talk about it with my friends. It's like, you know, like I might put a CD in and be like, oh, this is, you know, this wave format is amazing. And you might be like, yo, Spotify, which I use every day is like the shit. That's all I need. Right. So sometimes I think what happens is I see a lot of times in comments for different um, detailing products, you know, you'll get people that are like, well, it doesn't include this. It doesn't include that. It's like, well, look, the majority of our customer base is, you know, XYZ, you know, it isn't, you know, this other product. So to me, I love the stuff that I can come home, wash my car, make it look good. You know, I'm not going to, you know, no offense against, you know, folks that go to like a concourse. I've been to a couple of those. But, you know, oftentimes the, the folks just need a product that's going to work for them at their home. And that's what I love about, you know, going on your website, Griot's Garage, G-R-I-O-T-S, garage.com. All of these products, like I kind of feel like other than I need to get better at the, the buffer, I feel like a lot of the stuff I could do at my house and, and feel comfortable and not screw something up. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, you got to serve your marketplace uh, because if, if you don't, you're going to go out of business pretty quick. So mm-hmm. it and we again, we listen to our customers. They're asking us for certain things. And, yep. you know, we have to prioritize. You know, again, just to reiterate, we got we got to do what the majority of people want us to do. Yes. And we we always have things we want to do that we've got to balance just when we can do them. And so but you know, to your point, Jason, most people. It, it, the, the biggest thing is most people want to have like a relaxing and effective experience. Like if I get mm-hmm. a couple hours away from my wife and kids to go out, <laughs> crack a few beers and wash my cars. I, the last thing I want is to be frustrated. Right. You know, I want, yes. I, I want to do, I want to do the job right. I want to enjoy it, relax. And uh, to your point, I mean, we, we have Concour cars in our collection. We yes. have cars that we drive every day Yep. and you treat them differently, but, Yep. You know, you can develop skills that so that you can approach anything with, with confidence. Um, and I know that that's, that's part of our products. Like, again, if, if your car is paint on it, you love it. I don't care what it is. Yeah, I just want to make sure that, yeah, when you spend time around it, you're happy because uh, that's what I do. Yep. Well, um, it was funny. You made me think of this. A couple years ago, this guy, Tony, 
Neil uh, Slam64 on Instagram, he had shared a meme, and it was kind of funny because if you think about on a, on a you know a lot of us car guys, we're like okay, you know, certain wax, certain wash, certain towel, certain dryer. But then we get out of the shower and we just got that one like towel like on our back trying to get all the water off. You know, it's like we got one towel for ourselves, but our cars, which we truly love, right? Our cars and trucks, we got all these certain products. And I love that because it shows how much we're car guys, you know? Yeah. It, I mean, it, it actually, I spent a, you know, I spent a lot of time talking to, uh, you know, anytime I'm talking to my wife or my mother-in-law about like what I do, like compare yeah. it to cosmetics. It's yeah. a real easy comparison because they are like cosmetics for your car like they are i mean i don't even want to look over at my wife's side of the sink and be like holy (laughs) crap what the hell what is all that mac stuff and all that i thought when my wife first said mac i was like oh you bought a new computer she's like no just sit down but yeah um to play off of that though um if you think back to like when your dad was younger and i remember you know my dad wasn't like a huge detailer you know he'd probably wax his vehicle every couple years but if you think about, you know, some people over the time or over the course of time have, have coined this phrase, don't reinvent the wheel. But I think that's often sometimes something that people think about. But if you think about if we would have stayed with like, quote, turtle wax, you know, or just these basic products from years ago that, hey, they worked well for what they were. But with technology and science and things like that, some of the key words you've hit on, I mean, I never thought we would be talking about this on a podcast it goes to show you that, you know, the market drives cool stuff, right? And we all love our cars. And that's one thing that I've noticed about Grio's Garage is over the years, you guys have been kind of a market innovator, a leader. And of course, your tagline, you know, have fun in your garage. I mean, dude, you, you guys nail it every year, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, that all starts with the man at the top. I mean, I, when I think back to, you know, growing up with my dad, I, uh, you know, I'd always want to be around what he was doing in the garage because that's where that's where he found sanctuary. I mean, I'm yeah. one of four kids. So you can imagine trying to start <laughs> and grow a business and then coming home and four little monsters like <laughs> latching onto you. It's like, God damn, get me out of here. I just want to wash um, my car, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So I you know, when I as I got older, I would I would help him uh wash the cars, but he was always testing stuff and, and developing product. Like that was that was his job at the time. And you know, he wrote every word of the catalog and most of it is anecdotes. You know, he sold stuff to people by relating with them. And, you know, my mom's car was the butt of many jokes because, you know, we'd take four kids to school and you'd find like pretty much a uh you know, a serving size of McDonald's French fries <laughs> under the seats and yeah. you needed a vacuum that could suck them up as fast as possible. Or yeah. you, you needed like a odor absorber that you could stuff under your seat. <laughs> so the next time you drove your wife's car. So, I mean, it, it's all uh, extremely genuine from, uh, from experience. And I, I just think that, you know, when my, my dad was, or his dad was not a car guy. So he was like the, the odd one out, like, painting cars in his parents garage as a teenager and for me it was so normal to be around that all the time that it it i I know no other way right i mean it's just this is where i'm gonna go when i need to check out i'm either gonna drive uh take my dog for a little ride or get out there and and find an excuse to reorganize my screwdrivers or (laughs) uh, or wash something i love it all right, so everyone go to Griot's Garage, G-R-I-O-T-S, garage.com. Again, customers for life, 100% guarantee. Lots and lots of cool products. 
Nick, I want to ask you a little bit about uh, your Lincoln Continental, right? I mean, you took the world by storm. There's so many cool things I could kind of maybe pick your brain with about it. But, you know, talk to us a little bit about the Lincoln, right? So, you know, Lincoln Attic Podcast here. But, oh, by the way, I mean, you got just not your your average Lincoln. I love it, man. Talk to us a little bit about it. Yeah, so I – first of all, I I looked at, I get to look at that car every day, and I just am absolutely in love with the thing. And, you know, when I was a, when I was a teenager, um, one of the things my dad did with, with all of my siblings is we restored a car with him. And so – I, uh, my, my first car that I, I worked on was a uh, 71 Camaro and my dad and I restored that in my garage or in his garage for about five years. I still own that car, but you know, I was, uh, I did it with my dad and I'd take my mom out for a ride in it. She just hated that car. She just hated Camaros and like everything old Chevy. And she's like, why don't you get a nice car? Like, why don't you have, you know, like like an old Cadillac or an old Lincoln. Lincoln was the one that stuck with me because uh, when she was younger, she used to get driven to school in uh, a slab-sided Lincoln. And the, the friend whose parents uh, owned the cars, they both had matching Continentals, and she'd get Twinkies when she rode in the back of these Continentals. So she had these great memories mm-hmm. of Lincolns. And so that was always kind of in the back of my mind. Like I hadn't that, that Camaro, I hadn't built a car since that Camaro. And I was, uh, when I bought this, uh, this 63, I think I was, uh, I was 29. So it was a few, few years ago. And, you know, it had been, it, it had been a good 10 years since I put my hands on something and, and created something. And then I was getting married to my wife and, uh, we bought a house and it was, we were both obsessed with uh, mid-century modern. And there's this neighborhood in Tacoma that was built in the 50s, like peak mid-century housing design. Okay. And we got this photo album when we closed on the house. And in that photo album was a picture of the uh, carport. And the, the doctor who had owned the house for uh, more than 50 years and had passed away, uh, those were his his cars in the carport and there were two Lincolns. It was a 63 hardtop, uh, it was white and he had a 63 black, uh, uh, convertible parked next to each other. And so literally I get this photo album and it's like, I'm struck by lightning and like, okay, that's it. I'm going to bring a Lincoln continental back to this house. And 10 days after closing on the house, I bought a 63 continental, uh, online from a guy on the east coast and i i talked to him before i sent him any money and he had three lincolns himself so i feel like you know lincoln guys they they collect these cars and um and i've gotten that bug as well too i've got i gotta definitely ask your audience for some help because i'm looking <laughs> for something but uh, but he had uh, bought it from the second owner and the second owner had owned it for 47 years and just absolutely babied this car. So even though it lived on the East coast, it was rust free and he just, he had bought it and thought, man, I don't want to put the work in this car to restore it. Mm -hmm. So sales price was reflective of the work that needed to be done. And in hindsight, I should have paid twice as much up front. So I would have had to pay, half as much on the back end to, to fix up, you know, all the, all the major systems. I mean, any Lincoln owner knows if they go to paint their car, well, frick, man, I mean, 
the linear feet and the amount of area that you've got to paint, that's just a, it's just a number I don't ever want to see again. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I, I got the car back like about a month and a half later and, uh, mid 2015 and I just started working on it and I did everything I could because the car was 100% complete. It ran, um, you know, I had like an exhaust leak, the carb wasn't tuned wet, right. And all the paint was, uh, mostly original. So I just started polishing on it to see what I could save. And, uh, you know, both the chrome elements or the stainless elements and, uh, and the paint and nothing was salvageable. Mm-hmm. It was, it was pretty disappointing in one sense, but I was just like, okay, man, I am pregnant. I, I love this thing. You know, I'll drive it around like it, it's smoking, like it's the animal house, uh, right. death mobile. Right. Right. And, uh, but at the same time I gotta, I gotta fix it. So I took it back to, uh, to my dad's garage and I worked on that for about a year and a half, just chemically stripping the entire thing, deconstructing it, labeling everything, you know, meticulously with the intention of, of putting everything back on the car. Mm-hmm. And in that process, you know, I started researching uh, 430s and what it would take to uh, rebuild them and, you know, just the lack of real like aftermarket options because mm. of you know just the uniqueness of that motor to the lincoln and so i uh i got to a point where it's like okay like i i've done all i can i i've gotta i gotta get some help and uh the guy who was the the probably the worst and best influence was a guy named jared hancock he owns uh j-rod and custom which yes. is a hot rod yeah. shop up here they do fantastic work but most of the stuff that they do is you know pro touring uh in its essence right Mm -hmm. they uh they really make old muscle cars perform like modern cars and so in talking through him or with him and uh kind of blending you know i think a little bit of my personality which you know my dad my dad loves european sports cars he's a vintage racer so you know, I grew up around Porsches and BMWs and, and he didn't understand why I liked American muscle cars, but we eventually got to this concept where like, Hey, we're going to make a Lincoln. That's, you know, nasty. Mm. We're going to make it handle. We're going to make it break and we're going to make it do burnouts. And so it led us down a path that even though it's pretty different, uh, from like what most guys do to continentals. And that being said, there's, there's plenty of really really nice builds out there now that feature really high horsepower motors and coyote swaths and things like that um the the suspension concept and kind of the wheel and and tire and brake concept was definitely uh unique and so we we navigated that by uh really just reaching out to to all sorts of resources i mean i can't tell you the amount of people that I met via Instagram that I was buying parts from because you can't find them anywhere else. Like Lincoln mm-hmm. boys, I know was a great resource mm-hmm. Lafour Lincoln parts, like all these guys that have been putting ads in Hemmings motor news forever. And all of a sudden they became, you know, my best friends on speed yep. dial. Yep. And they're like, you're doing what to that car? Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're going to, you're going to cut that thing up. And, it's like, no, I'm not going to cut it up. I promised the, the previous owner I wouldn't do anything like that. 
And uh, eventually, you know, we got to the point where it's like, okay, if we're going to accomplish this, we got to do a couple, we do have to do a couple fab items. We've got to um, raise the transmission tunnel mm-hmm. because it just how the, uh, the rear end is a, is a four link uh, custom setup from Art Morrison. So they looked at the underside of the car and helped us uh, set up the, the rear end and then ride tech coilovers. And then the only other uh, metal fab that we did on the body itself was we took the space between uh, the stock wheel wells and the edge of the fender and we tubbed it out towards the fender. So we didn't lose any trunk space. We just took back some some dead space mm-hmm. and we were able to fit, you know, some big meaty tires in there. I've got, you know, three oh fives and eleven inch wide forge line wheels in the rear. So um those are the only two real body modifications outside of uh customizing the front bumper to make it look, you know, a little more aggressive. And it's also functional. It it houses the uh oil and trans coolers in there as well. So wow. Those are probably the the biggest departures from, you know, just like the the typical design of the car. Um, and really, then we made it with a a nasty little small block. It's a, a four twenty seven Ford crate motor that's five hundred thirty five horsepower, five hundred fifty foot pounds torque, and dressed it up so that we could make it look as period correct as possible. Had Evod Industries mill some custom valve covers that were designed uh to pay tribute to the mark ii and its valve covers mm-hmm. and they've got hidden fasteners so it looks really clean and almost you know jewelry like mm-hmm. but you know you turn it that thing over and it just spits fire because <laughs> it's uh, it's uh straight pipes all the way back to you know the mufflers are you know, tucked right under the the rear bumper. So it makes great noises. It's still uh, a big car. So it's not like going to throw you into the back of your seat. But uh, man, once that thing gets going, it's big car fast. And the the only way I can describe that is, is you know that this big, big beast is moving. <laughs> but actually, and this will probably surprise uh most guys that, that put their, their Lincolns on bags, it rides beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, just the, the uni, unibody nature of that car. It's a pretty stiff you know, chassis all the way through. And the coilovers definitely make themselves known if you're putting into it a corner at speed. But it still has a nice kind of floaty nature about it. Mm-hmm. And it's got massive bare brakes, uh, six-piston calipers up front four piston calipers discs in back so it stops too it does it does everything well but it it still resembles a lincoln you know it's still largely unchanged on the outside yeah and that's one thing that uh we'll share some photos if you look also as nick mentioned j the letter j rod custom with no s j rod custom on instagram uh you'll see some of the photos that we'll share I know fuel curve, they're also basically powered by good guys. I learned that kind of over time. Uh, the feature that they did was amazing. Um, you know, the rolling shots and things like that. The cool thing is, as you mentioned, Nick, it really, to me, it has the core of what the Lincoln was. It has the, those design elements. You um, add in those wheels. To me, it looks, you know, it adds a flavor to it. 
uh, really from the front three-quarter shot, the only thing that really looks a little different is, you know, you've got your little spoiler on the front, right? But to me, like yeah. all of the stuff that you guys did, it was all, uh, I'll use the word tastefully, done. And uh, to me, you kind of made, I've seen some people use the P word, the pro rod touring. I've seen some, you know, folks kind of say resto mod, right? But it's a good blend, but there's no one that's going to argue, in my opinion, that that engine bay is one of the sickest out there. I mean, from everywhere where the hood latch is, to the engine, to the valve covers, you know, the black uh, accents all throughout. It's truly a stunning engine bay, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I didn't mention this, but, you know, if you if you get into the the engine bay of a, of a stock Continental, it's really busy. And yes. so we we cleaned up the uh sides surrounding you know where all the ancillary components are uh you know power steering brake booster things like that with those uh you know hand fabbed engine covers so it really cleans it up and brings all the focus you know they're matte or they're satin black so it brings all the focus on the high gloss and chrome elements on on the motor so it's it's definitely uh kind of the the jewelry on the car and yeah i, I mean they those guys at j-rod they're just extremely talented fabricators and uh they've got screws loose as well and i think the the, the coolest thing at the end of the day like the most comments i get about the car are on the wheels and they're like man just put it on on steelies and be done with it I it's like know. well like everybody's done that yeah Really? Yeah, I love I love Steelys. <laughs> me too. I, me I, too. You know, I, I I got no problem with Steelys. I, I put I put some on uh, one of my other cars and yep, yep, but I, love I just I think it just fits the attitude of of the entire uh, build really well without yes. really you know being like bright gold or anything that's too uh, you know over the top. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm a big fan of Detroit Steel Wheel Co. You know, shout out to the homies over there and. And I totally agree. The other aspect of it that maybe isn't talked about as much is I, if you go to fuel, if you just Google fuel curve, two words, and then Lincoln, it's going to pop up with this feature uh, that John uh, Drummond did, Drummond, G-R-U-M-M-O-N-D, the interior, right? So I love the shot that he did where all four doors are open. You know, we talk about resto mods and things like that, but these interiors are oftentimes, um, you know, pieces of art that don't need to be touched, right? So to me, what was cool is, you know, you do the Dakota digital gauges, right? You bring it up to specs with the engine. It makes it a little easier there. You got a couple, it looks like inserts maybe from where uh, the door panels are at. Kind of looks like that carbon fiber feel. Uh, real clean. But other than that, you don't really have to do much because you've got this beautiful, like you said earlier, mid-modern uh, century classic car sedan. Yeah, I mean, one of the one of the coolest things about the the car, and I just think that the design and why people love it so much is it's just it's still like a stunning and relevant design. Like every piece of the interior, you know, the door handles on the exterior, all of that was so elegant and timeless. And I remember one of the biggest compliments that I can give to to Jared Hancock is I can't the first time I I really well I showed the car uh the year after we debuted it at SEMA all yeah. over the good guys yeah. circuit but uh, I went to the Iowa good guys show for the first time because the good guys had said hey if you if you bring it to this show it'll be considered for this award mm -hmm. and 
so I'm, I'm working the show in our booth and meeting customers and selling stuff like I normally do. Went to the bathroom. I came back and some guy's laying under the rear end. And I was like, excuse me, can I help you, sir? And, you know, a guy crawls out from under the car and it's uh, Mike Ring, one of the oh, Ring brothers. Wow. And he goes, who, who did this? That boy can weld. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it was just such a like, I mean, I, I just was Compliment. completely disarmed because I've, I've totally loved everything that those guys do. And yeah. to have him like crawling under my car, it was just like a fantastic yeah. moment. And his wife came up. And she goes, are these custom? And she's pointing at the door handles. And Mike's like, no, honey, those are those are as they were. And she starts like pointing at all these things, asking if they are custom. And, <laughs> right. you know, the, the, the answer is consistently no. Like, this is how it was. Well, that's and, yeah, they got that stuff right. <laughs> yeah. And so she was just so uh, enamored with the car, but she didn't she just didn't believe that anything was, you know, true to form. And I mean, she learned obviously, and it was cool, but, uh, that's, that's really, you know, to your point, I just loved everything about it. I wanted to make it mine, but I didn't want to really, uh, mess it up either. It's, it, yep. it, it doesn't need to be changed. Oh, so, yeah. you know, just, some, just some modern touches and then just, you know, really, uh, simple and clean interior. And the cool thing about the interior is, uh, all I did with that, I, I reskinned the seats, but every other piece of vinyl and chrome and glass, that's all original. All I had to do was, uh, and this took a lot of time, but the the second owner definitely was a smoker, and uh, <laughs> there was uh, tobacco tar all over, just like extremely well bonded to all the interior chrome. So I spent hours polishing the interior chrome, and it all went back on. And then I just cleaned and dressed all the vinyl components, put them back in. So I didn't have to uh, restore any of that. But the leather definitely needed to be redone. It was all it was all sorts of messed up. So it it really is kind of like I, I would say resto mod because there is an aspect of restoration to uh, some of the components of the car. And oh, yeah. the cool thing the cool thing is every every piece of that car came off the car and went back on. So I didn't have to, uh, buy anything, uh, outside of a a new windshield. Oh yeah. And, and about, that was about it. Um, and then of course paint and parts, but, uh, and not like that wasn't a long list of, uh, (laughs) other little components, but really it's, it's pretty true to what it always was. So, but it is different in, in the same, in the same vein. Yeah, if you uh, we're talking with Nick from Grio's Garage. If you just Google Fuel Curve Lincoln Continental, those four words, it'll pull up that feature. We've shared some photos in the past. We'll continue to share more. Um, just a couple more questions for you, Nick. Um, one thing that you probably know as a Lincoln owner now is there's this you know this famous movie star guy, Dax Shepard, right? I like Dax. I like his movies. He's been in some TV shows and stuff. Dax, of course, is this hot rod, you know, Lincoln fiend. He's got like a 66, 67 model. Has, do you know, do you know, has Dax ever seen your car? Cause I bet you if he does, or if, and when he does, he's going to give you two thumbs up, man. Yeah. You know, I, I have no idea, but I remember the early, like right when we debuted the car, I had <laughs> a lot of people, uh, comparing my car to his car. Yeah, and yep. so I started like, I started reading about it and I mean, 
that's like that's his original <laughs> car like I, like he lived in it when he wasn't making any money and so i think he's on like his third motor swap and he's got like a drag transmission and um he's changed the wheels a handful of times and i mean that thing is is absolutely hog wild and <laughs> i i would hope for his endorsement because i think i think we'd understand each other immediately he he also has a an old uh wood-sided uh, buick roadmaster wagon so again i think we'd have a lot to talk about and if i got his thumbs up you know that's not what i'm i'm doing it for but at right, the same time right. be like hell yeah brother we're yeah. uh we're speaking the same language yeah i'm gonna have to tweet it to him and be like yo dax we got someone for you man but you know, of course yeah. dax was featured the 67 was in hit and run movie but um you know pretty cool stuff um, the last couple questions I got. One, I know you're gonna get a smile from this one. So the video that has, in my you know, in my opinion, has went viral is that that famous video of like the garage being open, the car starts and kind of just pulls out, and it's kind of a shorter clip. That video has been shared and reshared and reshared over the years. Again, debuted SEMA 2017, uh, about five, fifth year anniversary coming up this year, of course, but. Um, does it bring a smile to your face or is your mind sometimes blown on how much that video of your car, the 63, the Continental Sedan, has went viral? I mean, dude, I see it everywhere still to this day, man. Oh, that one is nuts. I mean, it's millions <laughs> and millions of views. And the crazy thing is, like, uh, you know, at this point, all my buddies will, like, you know, when they're stumbling through whatever the Instagram algorithm is feeding them, they, like, stumble onto that video and they'll send it to me and it's like, you know, like all the comments are written in Farsi and like symbols that I can't understand. Oh yeah. And, but I can see the exclamation points. So I'm like, fuck yeah. You know, these guys <laughs> definitely, they, they're into it. And it's like, somehow it got posted on some like onto some like middle East car forum wow. and it's got a half million views. Yeah. Like again, four years later. So, and it just is like, it's such a, I don't know, just a, a mean video. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the the guy who did most of the uh some of the metal fab work is sitting in the passenger seat so it's the first time that he's ever ridden in the car and i can just see his face as well and and, and yeah it definitely makes me smile but it's like man we do a we do this smoky burnout video and it's just this <laughs> you know we're, we're laying down gnarly patch the thing's screaming and we get like 5,000 views and then this just like low slow roll yep. is getting millions of views so yeah um yeah it, that one is is definitely surprising it, you know just like how that stuff happens i have no idea yep. you know like I, i'm i'm not that uh i'm not that good at, at making things go viral <laughs> but, but that one for whatever reason struck a chord with enough people that yep. it, it went all over the world yeah, it did, man, and we tip our cap to you. Next time I'm up visiting, visiting my friend Ron Perkins from Hammered Weekend Wear, he's up in Washington, I'm going to have to look you guys up and come by and see it and maybe get a ride in it because I tell you what, man, it has definitely taken over the past four and a half, almost you know, going on five years this year, really kind of taken the Lincoln you know, community by storm. And I always tell people, too, that you know, tip your cap to someone like Nick that, that has put in the time to bring a car up to specs because – a lot of times, you know, these cars do end up as parts cars, even nice ones. I've seen it happen. And, you know, don't judge someone just because, like, oh, wow, they changed the wheels and whatnot. You know, these cars are, you know, when you acquire one, you decide, hey, am I going to do it this way or this way? But to me, 
and I can tell you all the listeners that they're going to say, hey, man, tactfully done, very nice, classy, you know, you insert word there. Uh, the thing is top-notch, man. Um, my last question for you, Nick, is, you know, what – you kind of hinted earlier about this car, but, like, what would you say if you had to pick one favorite thing about your 63 sedan, you know, whether it be the paint, engine bay, interior, you know, the comments you get, is there any one thing that stands out maybe in your mind the past four and a half years that goes, man, that's it? Well, I mean, in terms of traits of the car itself, it's definitely the exhaust note. I just oh, love, yeah. I love it because it's just got a great cam lope and and uh, just tall enough stall that it's just even if it's sitting at a stoplight, it's it's causing havoc and um, to the point where like you know if I'm driving to the gym in the morning and, and I've got the Lincoln out in the summertime, I, you know I go to I go to work out at six in the morning, so I'm leaving my house at five thirty and I'm like. Oh my God, I'm about to wreck the neighborhood, you know, just, um, <laughs> and, and, and I love, I love that about it, but I think, you know, the thing about, uh, Lincoln's and in particular, the slab sided Lincoln's is I didn't realize the mass appeal of the cars. Oh yeah. I, I never had, I never had that in mind and I can't tell you what, when I drive it, just the variety of people and, and types of people, you know, young, old, male, female. We, we parked it at this uh, local burger joint to do a video, you know, last fall. And, you know, I had this pastor come up to me and say, you know, this is uh, my neighbor had one of these growing <laughs> up and I used to ride to church in it. And like, you know, just it, old cars, people have memories in them. And I guess for how few Lincolns they made relative to all the other cars that they were cranking out in, in the sixties, you know, as the automotive industry in America was just King, you know, for, for a car that was being made, you know, 30,000 units a year for so many people to have memories. And, and then at the end of the day, like the car that to me just speaks to the strength of, uh, of the design and, and its relevance in, you know, today. So I didn't know that. And again, I wasn't, I wasn't building it for that. I was building it to be enjoyed and to be, you know, a reflection of, of my personality and all the things that I cared about and to have that benefit of, you know, it's a, it's a nice car and, and, you know, you can drive a, a nice Porsche around and people will flip you off um, <laughs> right. it, to drive this thing around and just have people literally leaning out their windows Taking photos, thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, it, it it's hard to imagine that it's approachable and that that many people like it. But I think that that's probably been my favorite thing about it because, you know, as much as I uh, I love the Lincoln itself, I just love I love cars and what they do to people. Yeah, and yeah. to 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 be able to have something that connects with people that may not like cars, that's special. You know, I I think that. And I hope that everybody else who who owns a car that's special to them, and in particular the Lincoln owners, have that same feeling about their cars. Because I think that you know that that's validation in a point for any work and any money you put into these cars. But also just you know, it's a sense of community too when yeah. you when you are able to share that with people. So even you know just complete strangers of all walks of life. That's that's what I love the most about the car for sure. 
Yeah, 100%. And, and like you said, to be able to share it with others or bring a smile to their face and go, wow, tip the cap, because we know it's not cheap stuff. But, you know, in 63, there's uh, 28,095 sedans coming in originally at $6,270. Of course, there were about 3,100 convertibles or so. But, you know, it's it's definitely a timeless. We hear the oftentimes classic and you'll often see the comment anytime a Lincoln, whether it's resto mod like what we're talking about here, uh, OG full blown crazy custom, you know, insanity. Uh, you'll hear people often say, you know, that's my dream car. So you know, get out there, enjoy them for sure, um, like Nick does. But Nick, dude, it's been a pleasure, man. Talking about Grio's Garage, I mean, that was a little bit off the cuff because I love this stuff. I don't know a lot about it. I'm the worst detailer because I'm, you know, drinking a brew, going, hey, does this, is this going to scratch my paint? You know, and they're like, wait, hold on, don't put that on there. But, you know, it's fun linking up with you and getting a chance to meet you. Um, and, you know, then obviously talk Lincolns. Uh, why don't you give your, your wife and, and or kids a shout out and then let me know if there's <laughs> anything else you got, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, I do appreciate my, uh, my wife and kids. And again, I, I, uh, they let me do what I, uh, what I do and they understand it. If my wife ever asked me about, you know, car parts on, uh, on my credit card bill, I go, babe, it's marketing. And right, she right. just rolls her eyes. And, uh, and then I've got to look at more makeup bottles on the sink. But, uh, no, I'm, I'm very happy to have a, a supportive wife. She, she actually stole my, uh, She's been driving my my Mercury station wagon around this whole yeah. week because I finally got that thing sorted and I brought it home and she's like, "Oh, I dig this thing." So, I'm literally driving her car around this week and she's driving my my two little boys around in a, you know, wood-sided Mercury wagon. So, she's the best without a doubt. But I the one thing if I'm speaking to an audience of of Lincoln enthusiasts, the you know, I mentioned the the other Lincoln I'm looking for. So I got to I got to plug that and I'm looking for uh, a 1978 Continental Town Coupe with a moonroof. So one of my one of my local Lincoln buddies uh, has a sedan of that era, uh, late 70s. And literally, it's all we talk about. And I was we just hired a new lady whose uh, husband picked her up for their first date in that exact car and i was like what are the chances that that the first time i talked to this lady we hit it off about lincoln's and it ends <laughs> up that the the one lincoln i'm looking for is what her husband picked her up in so wow. uh, that that's the one i, I want to find that'll be my next that'll be a low and slow car that's not going to be a hot rod i just right, want right. to uh, and and it's got to be a coupe because i've got the four door so yeah, if anybody knows of one that's in uh, pretty good shape that I'm not going to have to, you know, bleed to to make work, <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm your guy. You can uh, I think Jason plugged my Instagram, so you can you can come come DM me and I'll I'll take it off your hands if uh, if the price is right. So either way, man, I, I really appreciate you know just the the connection that we've established just through messaging each other and seeing each other's posts over the past few years that's the magic of social media right mm -hmm. we're uh we're gonna run into each other somewhere soon and uh if you do make it up to tacoma you know you'll get to uh tour our facility and and see the whole smattering of, of craziness <laughs> that we do here uh there's all sorts of stuff it's uh you know it's it's old italian it's 
old Japanese land cruisers. It's, it's everything that rolls on rubber. So, uh, we're, we're incurably sick as it relates to cars. <laughs> and I, I, I just so happened to, to stumble into the Lincoln community and, and love being a part of it. So I am, uh, I'm stoked to, to talk to you. Yeah. Show some love, get out to griotsgarage.com. You can Google G R I O T S you know, of course, all social media platforms, as we mentioned, Nick is N-I-K-I, Griot, G-R-I-O-T. Get out there, show him some love, um, some Lincoln love as well. We'll be tagging you. But, dude, Nick, it's a new year, 2022. Tip of the cap to you. Let's all have a good one. Uh, tell your family hello and uh, stay on the rise, as we always say, man. All right. Thanks, Jason. Have a good one, man. Yeah.